For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hello once again, everyone. It's Mike Tanay from TNA Wrestling, and welcome to In the Room. Here's Brady, Kathy, The Stroh, Jordan, and Derek. For those who didn't know, Matt, I, I don't know if you had heard, but uh, Kathy actually lost two cats this week. I, I did. I'm really sorry, Kathy. There's really not much that's worse than uh, than losing a pet, and the thought of losing two in one week is uh, is brutal. Well, actually, it was two in one day. Ugh. Two in one day. Yes. Yeah. That's even worse. Jeez. Thank you, guys. I appreciate talk, it. Talk about ripping the band-aid off. Tough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been tough. You know, you have one for three months, four months, you know, raising it from the baby, and then mm-hmm. you have one for 13 years. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? I uh, are, are uh, definitely, you know, we've we've been thinking about you with it for sure. Um, I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. How you doing, Matt? Tell me, tell me, you're having a better week. Um. Sure. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. No, I mean it's 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 fine. Um, it's I all suppose uh, it's all relative to uh, to a degree, I guess. And you know, WWE didn't fully make me want to strangle myself last night, so I guess it's kind <laughs> of a win, sort of a little bit. You know, it was so funny. And by the way. Um, Stro will be on in a little bit. He, he he had message to say he was running late, so he's in a meeting with one of his acting things. So, um, with one of his acting things, one of his uh, TV shows. So, so uh, he'll be on in a little while. In case you guys were wondering, uh, the number to call in nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. You know, it's funny because um, I was watching Raw, and um, I thought, you know what, Matt? I thought this thing just lacked the energy. It felt like something from like 30 years ago. Like like the early days of Raw, you know? And then I come to find out it was actually taped last week. So that's really uh, there is still something to live television, believe it or not. There is. There is. Yeah. And um, joining us on the line now, he's He's fresh out of his meeting. I, I played the Perfect Strangers theme earlier. It looks like I should have gone for Full House. Uh, but you guys should check it out on the uh, YouTube. Be sure to check us out on Patreon. Uh, Stro Maestro kind of floating over the Golden Gate Bridge right now. What's going on, brother? And you're muted, by the way. Do I have to unmute you? Let's see. There you go. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, great! Great to be here. I am. I am. I'm right up bridge as we speak. So yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you're Fantastic. about to jump off. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Already. Wow. <laughs> a rough week for sure. My God. You know, I was sick all week. The weekend for me, Matt, felt like it lasted about ten minutes because I slept most of the weekend. I really was like just not feeling well, just 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 not feel. I was supposed to go down the shore. I didn't do that. Uh, the only thing I made time for was to work, like on Saturday morning for a little bit, and uh, then I started to feel sick, and I just climbed into bed, and that was it. I was done for two days. Um, oh boy! Which is which is you get a COVID it, test? I I no, I didn't. I I mean, it's already passed. It, it, it's just I don't know, just some congestion. I'm okay now. Whatever it was, it gotcha. passed. Yeah, yeah. But last night I couldn't sleep at all, so it was the complete. I've been up all night, Kathy. I uh, I did not sleep. I slept for maybe an hour last night. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, have yeah. I know. We're gonna have I know. Fun. I was like so sore, man. Um, I've been doing fight choreography along with the acting for this upcoming film, The Devil's Daughter. Mm-hmm. And man, a lot of long hours, man. But I mean. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really cool. I can't wait for you guys to see it. They're projected for a Halloween premiere, so 
Oh, I I absolutely can't wait. I I've been I've been checking this out for a while, just getting ready. I because I I think Harley Quinn is awesome. So I like an you know another one of those. Oh yeah. Plays. Definitely on, especially like a a different take than what like big box office gives you. You know, so I, I think it'll be really cool to uh, to check out. Oh, I can't out. wait. Yeah, it's a much much darker take. Yeah, so I hope you guys. Very enjoy. cool. Very cool. And speaking of dark, I definitely have some raw topics I want to talk about tonight. Nine one four three three at eighteen eighty five. But on top of that, yeah, on top that of that, <laughs> we do have very two very special guests joining us actually, and it's very rare that we double book. But um, you know, I had Erica Lee, so she's going to be part of the women's Super Eight tournament. Been around for a while apparently. Like um, Steve, our, our listener Steve was sending me like clips of her. Like some referee from NXT UK was like posting about her and stuff. Uh, she's out of Virginia. Well, I guess I guess Virginia by way of New Jersey. Um, so she oh, is okay. from up this way. But, uh, yeah, but she wow. spent the last couple oh, years yeah. in Virginia. She was down uh, WrestleMania weekend down in Florida, so she gets around for sure. And I'm excited to talk with her. Uh, that'll be around the 10 o'clock hour. That was the plan, you know, all along was to have Erica. And then uh, Colossal Mike Law hits me up. And he's like, hey, you know, I see you're talking to all the girls. I was hoping maybe we could get me on to talk about how I'm going to win the World One and the ECWA title on July 31st, Kathy, at the Women's Super 8. Uh, so Mike Law going to be wrestling Joey Ace and Michelle Ulala in a triple threat match. So now they're reaching out to us, you know. It, it's uh, it's great. It really is. Uh, Mike is a tremendous guy. We just had him on a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, when was it? I guess it was probably April, Kathy, for the men's Super 8, yeah. or May, April, like late April. So not that long ago. Um, but, and don't forget uh, yeah, you have Mike to reach awesome. out to um, Gabby. Booked, booked, booked. So here's the way it's going to work, okay? And, and we have to talk about this. Um, cause, well, we have basically three more shows. Well, tonight, <coughs> mm-hmm. oh, coronavirus, uh, no. Uh, so we have the show tonight. Oh, oh. We have the show. We have the show next Saturday. I just have a little uh, little phlegm there. Uh, uh, so, little phlegm, if you will. Uh, so, so we have the show tonight. We have the show next week. Uh, which, by the way, I, I Stro, I know I said I wasn't going to do this to you. I might need you to run the board because it's my niece's birthday, and when this new Goddamn job, which I love, by the way. If you're my employer and you're listening, I love the job. I absolutely do. Um, <laughs> but I also have no vacation time anymore. So it's my niece's birthday, so I might need next Tuesday night off to go meet my family for dinner. I, I, I have to see. Right. I'll let you know as soon as I know. Um, but if you don't mind you. running the board in my absence. If not, we'll just do a rerun, baby. Okay, cool. We Thank got you. you. Cool. Yeah, cool. We got it. Uh, so we have that, Kathy. Then on the uh, 22nd, I'm going to pre-record with Tina San Antonio because she couldn't do the 20th. And then on the 27th, Kathy, the go-home show, (coughs) Gabby Ortiz. Okay. So we're good. Nice. 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 And the Tina one, I'll either run as a special on VOC Nation or we'll just do a two-interview night on the 27th like, like, uh, like we're doing tonight. Anyway, nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. So lots of cool stuff kind of happening. Um, it's funny, like Matt, my coworker called me today. 
I guess he finally Googled me. So he found out about the wrestling stuff, and he was asking me about everything with the podcast, with uh, with the announcing, with the writing. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of closet wrestling fans out there. And uh, ironically enough, I don't think any of these closet wrestling fans really watch the product anymore, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Everybody yeah. loves it. Yeah. But most people couldn't tell you somebody that's wrestled in the last 30 years. Well, or the last twenty. Is that really a surprise when, when like every time you see like a like a WWE shop commercial, there's merchandise for The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and DX on it? I, I mean, <laughs> they they know uh, they know they don't have anything right now. <laughs> right, they're so little. Yeah, the, the biggest act that they have ago. is Roman Reigns. Yeah. And, and and by the way, is Which, it safe to say that they've effectively shot Drew McIntyre in the foot? Because I feel like they have. Uh, they haven't done him the any favors. The dude lost a riddle two weeks ago. Now you know what happened to his sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a replica. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, nine one four three three nineteen eighty five. Yeah, I I mean, it's funny because like we were talking about it and it was like, yeah, we're all like Lashley wins the belt and we're all like, hey, like that's pretty cool, good for him. I hope he gets a little bit of time with it. I didn't mean to destroy McIntyre just to make Lashley a credible champion so he could lose to Xavier Woods. I don't remember saying any of that. Yeah, it was so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. To a roll-up, by the way. The world champion yeah. lost a non-title match because of a friggin' roll-up. If WWE doesn't schedule or doesn't book another roll-up finish for the next 30 years, it'll still be too soon when they have another one. Wow. It's funny. It, it's funny. Uh, I forget who it was. Somebody in wrestling called the roll-up the most devastating finisher on the scene today. It, it is. It's true. It's true. Yeah. This thing is like yeah. This thing is like the super kick was ten years ago. You know. <laughs> sure, I was on an indie show ten years ago. Caveat was um Doc Diamond, I think it was. Well, you know him. Okay. Um, I, and I'm not trashing anybody on the show. <clears throat> but there were ten wrestlers that came out on the show to call the personality, and seven of them used the, seven of them used the super kick as their finisher. So it was a great show. It was an amazing show. It was like a best of. Uh, well, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the roll-up roll up is absolutely, um, yeah. I, I want a good old schoolboy. How about a schoolboy? You never see those anymore. Gosh. How about a thumbstep flip? Oh, my goodness. I remember when Tito Santana won with a sunset flip. <laughs> Ronnie Garvey won the world title with one off the top rope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of cool moves out there. So. And Brady, we yeah. would be amiss if we didn't uh, offer condolences to Paul Andorff's family and friends today. Yeah, that, that was tragic, um, and yeah. it was so it was so weird too because um, I heard last week how bad he's doing, and then yeah. 
I started to see videos and stuff like uh, Feinstein put one up and uh, Bill After put something up and it was like then I saw one that like apparently like his son had recorded or something and it was like everybody's saying well he's doing a little better you know maybe it won't be so bad and I keep hearing how he's doing a little better and then that was it that was it now here's the eerie uh, part um go, go ahead yeah the rough thing the part is you can have a really good day, and then the next day, yeah, good. It's it. Good days and bad days. Exactly. When uh, well, my sister was really sick, you know, that's how it was. It was a good day, bad day, great day, gone. Mm-hmm. That's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, anyway, uh, just you know. Uh, obviously, as wrestling fans, it's a huge loss. I mean, it's not like Paul Orndorff was going to get in the ring again, but uh, you know, we—I definitely would love to uh, to remember him, you know, because uh, he was yeah. great. He was—he was just—he he was wonderful, Kathy. He was just, just, just plain <coughs> wonderful. And uh, you know, then I started remembering like the stories, like not just like the WrestleMania stuff and everything, but like I remember when he got into the fight with Vader. In WCW, yeah. like, you know, such a tough dude. Like, really, really a tough dude. Sure, is he somebody? Music. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Paul is, like, through the years, like, uh, like even, like, back to, like, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, on through WCW. I mean, Paul has really helped me out a lot. Uh, he helped me prepare, prepare me for my debut for... You know, contractually debut, you know, with the Meister of WCW. And then also, uh, interesting enough, the sheet music, I had to learn to play on the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I go with that collaborate Jimmy Hart with that, was actually Paul Orndorff's old intro music in piano form. Really? So, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so the connection with, you know, Mr. Wonder. Wow, I mean, okay. Uh, Quite a mentor. Absolutely. Now, now, here's the eerie thing. And I know it's been 37 years or whatever, Kathy, but here's the eerie thing. I'm going to read you the list of names for the first opponents that Hulk Hogan wrestled from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 6. The first six WrestleManias, main event. Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff, Mm -hmm. King Kong Bundy, Andre Mm -hmm. the Giant, Randy Savage... Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. First six, all gone. I know it was a long so time ago, but still. If I'm Sergeant Slaughter, I'm taking my ago. vitamins, I'll tell you that. Now. Someone posted a picture up on Facebook of, it was Bobby Heenan's, I guess whoever worked with Bobby Heenan's family or something. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everything and it was like, one is gone. I saw that, and the caption said, the Heenan family is all gone. And my comment was, nobody tell Haku that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But but other than him and Barbarian, I think everybody is gone. Uh Yeah. Terry Taylor, I guess, briefly. Right? Wasn't Red Rooster a Bobby Heenan guy? I think he was. At one point, yeah. 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 Brooklyn Brawler, maybe. But, I mean, by, by and large, the main Bobby Heenan guys are all gone. 
And it's just, I, I mean, listen, I understand that happens with time. There, there aren't very many guys from the 70s left. Uh, yeah. pr- virtually nobody from the 60s. So, like, that's what happens with time. I understand that. But, you know, as a fan, as somebody who enjoyed seeing all these guys, it's, uh, does it make it any less unsettling? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. So we should talk some uh, Paul Orndorff tonight. Uh, I also want to mention, and I, I had kind of put this up in our little chat, Matt. You know, we're talking about Raw and the roll up and stuff like that. So this was an interesting statistic for those who haven't heard. Um, this actually came, I believe, from Steve the Listener again. He uh, he sent this to me. So it is. By major wrestling show. So you've got Raw, SmackDown, Impact, NXT, and Dynamite. Right, Kathy? Um, okay. The percentage of the matches on those shows, and we're talking a six-month period between July... Tw- Actually, it's a one-year period. Never mind. They say six months and it's one year. So I already have questions in this whole thing. Uh, but it's a one-year period. Um, the percentage of matches on those shows... That were pure rematches. In other words, matches that we've already had more than once. Raw leads the way with 57%. (coughs) I need a cough drop, man. Uh, 57% of Raw is rematches. SmackDown, we need some bracket with 54. Yeah, they're right there, too. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. So Raw 57, SmackDown 54, Impact is third with 44%, NXT 31%, and AEW? I was surprised by this. I was, because I feel like there's a lot of rematches on there. AEW was just 10% rematches. That means 90% of that is original, fresh matches that we've never seen. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah. What 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 a strategy, right? And then I saw. Here's another one. I, you know, while we're talking interesting stuff, um, AEW gets panned, Matt, almost universally for picking up WWE's rejects. Am I right? That's uh-huh. a big thing. Yeah, I'm, well, everybody talks about universally. It. Yeah. If I mean, if you have twenty thousand people screaming at you that you're doing something wrong, well, yeah, it, it does feel like a lot, but truthfully, it's probably a drop in the bucket of total number of wrestling fans. Oh, sure. And, and we're yeah. talking internet yeah. There's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Not only are there 20,000 people yelling, Matt, but if you've got 20,000 people under contract and you release 5,000 of them, some of them are bound to go somewhere. They got to they gotta eat. They gotta work, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you want to do? Well, you heard about the Twitter community. The Twitter, <laughs> right? The, tw- the Twitter community giving um, Naomi and uh, Alexa a hard time for different. I saw that. Reasons. I saw. I I want to talk about that, but not yet. Not yet, because <laughs> the, the, the point of this, Stro, WWE, yeah. since 2019, has released 92 wrestlers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, AEW? And I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but it was something along these lines. If I'm wrong, please don't, please don't come at me. Because I'm trying the best that I can here just to remember this. AEW, I believe, signed 12 of the 92. Just 12 out of the 92 they signed over the last two years. Impact signed 14. Right? Yeah. WWE signed 18 wrestlers who were either with Impact or AEW in the last two years. Let that sink in. AEW, 12 out of 92 is 13%. That is not a high percentage. That's a very low percentage. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. Uh, and, and neither is 18 out of however many that number is. But That's not much more. And you're also talking about two companies, to be fair. But still, I, I, I think it's comparable. You know, if one signs 12% and one signs 6%, it's not that much different. My point is, what WWE is doing is exactly what AEW is doing, is exactly what Impact does. You know, the talent moves around. You sign who you think will best work for your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Common sense. Yeah. I, I like. I, I think the criticism, and, and you heard it a lot with Impact, like ten years ago when they had all those ex WWE guys, like Hogan and Flair and Booker and Nash, and there were so many of them, Rikishi. Val Venus, uh, oh my god, there were so many. But still, criticize them all you want. It's really nothing different than what WCW did back in the day. Or what WWE did in response to WCW for doing that back in the day, you know? They, uh, WCW took WWE stars. Yeah. They all took each other's stars. People used to look forward to it back then to see somebody pop right. up on the other show and do something different. And now people and are I now still, I, I don't know. Yeah. People are weird now. And, and here's what here's what it comes down to. I think people still look forward to it. But I think the wrestling world is much more polarized polarizing than it was during the Monday Night Wars. I think during the Monday Night Wars I I mean I was a fan of WWE. I didn't watch as much WCW. I did watch it. I kept track of it, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. And, and I don't say that to attack you, Stu. I realize as I'm saying that, that that probably didn't sound like it. But I'm just saying I was a WWE fan. I was a part of it. I didn't book it. I was a part of it. I didn't book it. Here's my thing. He just worked here's there, my Brady. That's the hall. I was a WWE guy. But most people, I think, took the remote and flipped back and forth all night. And I even did that to a certain extent. I think with AEW or WWE, it's so polarizing at this point that you either identify as one or the other. And and I think that's part of the reason why people are so critical. So So you're saying it's sort of like the the Super Nintendo versus Genesis of, uh, of the modern era? In a way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where it's got to be, you got one and you're fiercely loyal to that one. Listen, I, I, I think it certainly warrants uh, questioning because 
People just assume that it's the new Monday Night War, the new WWE versus WCW. And, I, I, I mean, there's an extent of that. I think people just really want that excitement back. But people have drawn sides, man. This is like a civil war. You know, you can't like both companies, by and large. People get really mad, especially on social media. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, I, guess. I don't want to – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's good that nobody ever said or did anything stupid on social media. So, at least, at least no, we can hold on to that. No, at least never. not me. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine. Matt, believe me, I found some awful things that I've said over the years uh, uh, just through simple Google searches. So I know they're still <laughs> out there, and I don't know how to get rid of them. But uh, I only play. You're yeah. stuck with them now. You just know how bad I was in college. But, uh, yeah, so 914-338-1885. I don't want to derail this discussion, but our guest is on the line, and I don't want to keep him waiting. He's going to be part of the Women's Super 8 Tournament. He's not a woman, though. He's actually challenging for the men's title, both men's titles, ECWA and World 1, at the show on July 31st. In Paulsboro, New Jersey, we have Colossal Mike Law, the co-number one contender on the line. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm out here in Long Island City over at 4555 Pearson Street, uh, Long Island City, training at the Fallout Shelter. I'm a coach. Okay. Um, you know, we're putting everyone through the ringer tonight, and... Uh, I feel good. I just had to take a break from from some training, and uh, you know I'm here, and thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the 31st. Yeah, I, I I can't wait. You talk about training. Is there anything special that you're doing to get ready for uh for that Saturday? You know, so so the fall shelter, the way it's the look, it's kind of like I would equivocate it to like a sauna. And to me, that's my favorite kind of conditioning, to, to wrestle or train in, in the, the hottest type of environment. You know, it builds your cardio, builds your endurance. Uh, for me, it's a lot of um, cardio, a, a lot of running drills. You know, um, anyone who knows me or anyone who's ever stepped in the ring in the fall shelter knows I'm not only a coach, but I do partake in the training as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm never above it. And, uh, and I need to. I need to keep myself, uh, you know, in my abilities at, at top high level, you know what I mean? That's that's just the way I am. I can't lead by example by just sitting on the sidelines. I have to be in there, and um, I have to get getting my hands dirty. Um, so it's a lot of cardio, a lot of drills, a lot of um, you know. Uh, we try to do a lot of in terms of endurance drills as well. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of uh, grape stompers. Those are my favorite. Um, yeah, I like to do a lot of uh, up and overs. A lot of you know rolling drills just to kind of, okay. you know, keep, keep, keep the, uh, the air going there. Uh, you, you mentioned liking it warm. Uh, you should train at my parents' house. They keep it like 80 degrees year round. It's horrible. I mean, I, I go there in the winter. I have to open the window. I always say they're going to be that family of old people who they find under a blanket on like, you know, during like the, the winter, during the summer day when like there's a heat wave. And they're covered in the blanket, and the heat is on, and, and they they die that way. That's my parents. I'm I'm telling you, it's uh, unreal. Very morbid, Brady, but yeah, <laughs> but that's them though. You know? And I love them anyway. Right. Uh, there you so go. I, so so to look at this main event, and a lot of people, I think, obviously, just kind of assumed 
that Joey Ace was the number one contender. I mean, obviously, he's the one that lost that title to Mishula line. They could probably even argue that both of those guys have beaten you in recent ECWA shows as well. What, what do you say to those detractors? I think to any one of those detractors, uh, my preference is, you know, speak for itself. Um, Joey had an opportunity to carry ECWA, and, you know, I think he did an okay job with it. You know, I think he's the guy that can be a secondary champion anywhere there. Um, I think Ulal was also given, you know, the opportunity. But I don't, I don't feel, and, I, and I, I'm not, you know, I, I feel in my heart that nobody, in comparison, when I had that ECWA title, where people were talking about it and, and we were, you know, we were building up steam as me being the head of that company, that's where we need to be. And I feel that my track record speaks for itself. You know what I mean? I know I, I, I'm doing this every weekend. I'm a trainer. You know what I mean? I, I'm mm-hmm. a coach at the fallout shelter. I do this. I, this is my life, you know, and uh, those guys were given opportunities, uh, you know, well-deserved, but they, they're not at my level. Uh, they're not going to compete at my level. I can damn sure, you know, attest to that. I'm here every week twice, three times, four times a week training in the ring, in this hot-ass building, which I prefer. And I, I don't believe mm-hmm. any of those guys uh, are at my level. Um, as far as them beating me, like, look, everyone, every dog has their day, and everyone has uh, a lucky opportunity to win, you know okay. what I mean? Uh, get a 50-50 shot, and they happen to, you know, win that a few times. But at the same time, I've been victorious over some of the top ECWA talents that, uh, that have been around, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Azrael, the Chris Wilde. Um, if you want to talk about win-loss records, give me my props. Give me the pop that I deserve. I've won my fair share of matches in ECW as well. Is it a, is it safe to say that you feel slighted just based on the way uh, they're perceived as champions versus how you were? Yeah, absolutely. It was a different okay. administration, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to go through the whole deal, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, so to kind of look at it, and I think a lot of people, I think um, sentimentally are really excited to see Mishra Ulala with the title. Um, is there a part of you that's happy for him that he's finally been able to do this? And do you think it's something that, I mean, you're challenging him aside. Do you think that this is something he could run with for a while? You want, you want my honest yeah. opinion? Or you yeah, want sure, you want? yeah. No, I want your honesty. No. Okay. Um, it was a feel-good moment. Mm-hmm. The people that were there, the people on IWTV who tuned in and watched it before or during or after, uh, do I think he is a guy to carry the company to the next level or continue to make it more known? Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I, I don't believe so. I, don't, I mean, you know, and, and people are going to say, hey, listen, everyone has their opinions. Um but when you've done as much as I continue to do on a regular basis and put in as much work and effort as I do and train as hard as I do and live this life as a professional wrestler as I do, then you can come and you can make comments. But until then, my opinion, because it is my opinion, mm-hmm. is that I don't believe that to be the case. I don't believe that. He has, listen, him and Joey had their chances to shine. You know what I mean? And, and they did as much as they could possibly do with it. Ooh la la. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, for a guy who's been in the company for, you know, 20, 30 years, I'm sure it was a feel-good moment, and, and he, he certainly earned it. But I will never – the problem, Brady, and, I'll, and I'm going to shoot a little here, is I've been way too nice to people. I've been way too nice to this business. I've let people who probably shouldn't have gotten an opportunity 
get one over because I thought I was doing right for the business. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you have to be greedy. And the one thing I had to learn very hard, a hard lesson I had to learn was that you have to be greedy in the business. And so, no, I don't think he's a guy. I think I'm the guy. I, I know I'm the guy. And that's, that's where, you know, I believe it. I believe that that title belongs with me. I believe that I will make more noise with it when I have it back around my waist than any of those other guys, you know? And it's it's not it's not a personal thing. It's just business. Now, I'm not blowing smoke at all to say this. I, I think that I could see you beating either of those guys in a one-on-one match. I, I could see that. I totally uh, but does the triple threat match, does that not, not worry you? But does it give you pause for, for concern, I guess I'd say? Because anybody can really um, kind of – you don't have to be involved in the finish. I never liked that uh, aspect of it. You know, I always feel that was unfair, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, playing field. You know what I mean? Like, I just never never was a fan. Um I'm confident in myself, man. That's all I can say. You know, I, I, I see the progression. I see the way I was when I faced Ulala one-on-one, my mentality, the way I thought about myself. And it's all about your your mindset. You know what I mean? I feel the the one, the guy, not who won the title, because when, when I had won the title and I beat in uh, Azrael, uh, you know, but for my first run, I, I was doubting myself. You know what I mean? I had no one doubted me more than I doubted myself, including the promoters, especially mm-hmm. the, the owner at the time who didn't care for me, um, the fans who also didn't care for me. But once I viewed myself as the champion and I had in my head that there's a reason this is happening, that's the confidence that I had then that I have now, that I didn't have against Joey in mm-hmm. December, that I didn't have against Ulala in, in February. You could tell my demeanor was, was a shift. It wasn't it wasn't where it needed to be. Hell, my demeanor at the super rate was garbage. I, I will tell you right now, I I hated uh, myself this year at the super rate. I hate. I shouldn't. I in fact, you know, and I'll give you an exclusive. I don't think I should have been in the super rate this year. You know wow. what I mean? Like I, I, you know, I, I, I was I was mortified by everything. The way I appeared there, the way I wrestled that night, uh, the way I carried myself. Um, that wasn't someone who deserved to be in the Super 8. That's the guy who, having, who should have not been on the card. Uh, and that's me being honestly and blunt with myself about the whole thing. Uh, but that's, that's then, and my mentality has changed. I've been training my ass off here in the fall shelter. I've been working out. Uh, you know, everything come, you know, July 31st, my mentality is that of the guy who won that title afterwards and got the confidence that he needed that he didn't have for 16-plus years. You know, um, you brought up Super 8, uh, and obviously you, you lost that match to uh, Devin Storm in the first round, and obviously Crowbar wasn't supposed to be in the tournament originally. I'm not trying to make excuses for you here, but uh, kind of more to ask, you know, how important is it to be able to, to adapt, to roll with, like, an unexpected change, something like that, as a wrestler? Um... You have to be a pro about it. You know what I mean? It's just that's that's what life is, man. Life throws curves mm-hmm. at you, and and you know, and, and you have to be able to adapt to it. Uh, I did it. You know, uh, it was one of the many reasons the next day where I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. And I'm being just as honest to you as possible, man. I I, I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I felt. Um, 
my my confidence was shot. You know what I mean? I I seriously even thought I was like, you know, maybe I just got to take some time off. I really, you know, I it, I will say this: if it had not been for Joaquin Morales and Ellie Martinez, uh, the, you know, owners of Battle Club, you know, reaching mm-hmm. out to me about being a trainer, I probably would have taken a year off from pro wrestling because wow. I okay. felt like yeah, no, and and you know, I felt my I felt like I look like shit. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I looked and I felt like shit, and I looked at those pictures and it was sad. And um, that guy should not have been in the Super Eight. Okay. Um, you know, uh, someone who you know looked the part uh, and, and and is the part should have been there. You know what I mean? There's plenty of younger guys who bust their ass who could have taken that spot and done way more than I did. And um, you know, and I'll say no one's gonna be a bigger critic of me than I am of myself okay. and I was I was loathing myself and uh, I couldn't I didn't overcome it was my fault um, I didn't put in what I needed to do in order to be to stand out in that tournament and that's more more important than you know the idea of winning and losing of course is the fact that you know the guys that stood out stood out and you know and I had to start from the ground back up ground zero well, I, I, I will say this, um, and I'm not sure the timing with everything, how that worked out with uh, with, with the training and everything, but uh, you came out the next show, and then you came out on fire. You uh, you tied Joey Ace in that uh, Beat the Clock Challenge. I, I think a lot of people actually right. thought you had him there. We're, we're talking about fractions of a second in an independent company. We don't have stopwatches that stop that fast, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you, it, you no Barbie. You just came out. And you were just on fire. Is is that part of the new driven Mike Law that we're going to see in a couple of weeks? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, okay. You know, listen, the barbell's a cool little thing. I, I love, you know, I, it helps me sell a lot of merch, <laughs> and that's part of the business aspect of you know why I still do this thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I have to focus, man. Like I let myself, you know, I I kind of let my let my mind get to me, you know, and that's for that and. You know, he speaks to anyone who does it long enough and it'll happen. You know, it's just like it has its, you know, its hills and its valleys and its peaks. And um, I don't even think that at the last event you saw the best of me. You know what I mean? I think the way I was physically and I was getting there against Joey Ace in December mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was was the intensity that I wanted to bring. Um with L.A. Vin, you know, I, I kind of understood. I didn't take him seriously, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. He's not somebody that I – I'll admit I didn't take him seriously because, he, I, I, you know, other than ECW and World 1, I really didn't know much of him, and I haven't seen him out there. So I was like, you know, to me this is not going to be – this would be like a, a walk in the park, you know what I mean? And, and I think that was, you know, very stupid of me. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like I, I – um, I, I've always trained with intensity, man, and and that's what yeah. I'm going to bring. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to bring the intensity. You know what I mean? Uh, it's going to be a hard hitting match. Anyone who's ever seen me enjoy it, throw down, know that we go in, uh, and Ulala just happens to be there as well. And listen, and I respect Ulala. Uh, I admire his gusto, and I admire the fact that he's done this for so long. I admire that he still brings entertainment to the you know to the ECWA faithful. Yeah. But, you know, I gotta, I gotta be greedy, Brady. I gotta be greedy. I gotta think about myself, and it's about cementing my legacy, and that's winning the ECWA title. That's more important than anything. I don't care about friendships. 
I, I need to, I have to be greedy and I have to be cutthroat because that's what this business is. And there's no room for nice guys. There isn't, you know. One of the uh, one of the listeners wants to know, and this is directed at uh, the only guy to ever defend the ECWA title in another country. Uh, wants to know the coolest or most exotic place that you've ever wrestled. Wow, um, there's been a few. Dominican Republic was cool. Oh, that was an cool, outdoor yeah. stadium. Yeah, Grand okay. Venue. Um, the only downside of that was that there was a torrential downpour that I have never, the lights that I have never seen in my okay. entire life. Like, and and it was a tournament for that. So uh, I won the first tournament match, which was a three-way, and then the next one was also three-way. And it was pouring. I mean, and that canvas was slippery, and the ring itself was probably one of the most, like, dangerous rings I've ever been, been in. Like, okay. I mean, it was like as hard as a cement floor, but I would say exotic, that was it. Um, gosh, I mean, there's so many cool venues. The uh, Resorts World Casino for FWE, that was okay. That was a great venue. Um, the, um, oh gosh, the Bourbon Room over in... Uh, oh, I love that place. Yeah. That, yeah. that to me, that's one of my favorite venues of all time. It had the perfect setup for pro wrestling, and, and it was such a cool venue. I love that venue. Um, it's a shame we couldn't have put some more people in it. You know, well, the first two did okay, and then yeah, was... yeah. But I remember like yeah, those balconies. It felt like like the Manhattan Center or something. You know, they're like right on top of yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, that would have been incredible. That would have been a great, great venue. You um, yeah. sorry, guys. I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brady. Yeah, off the top of my head, those are those are the ones that I okay. you know remember. I'm just curious, you know, whenever I hear somebody like wrestles, for example, in the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, whatever, have you ever been in a situation where you felt unsafe with the crowds? Obviously, you're not always the most loved guy there. The only time that I felt we were at a biker's rally, and um, (laughs) they're normally very cool um, Uh individuals. But, um, you know, when the drinking starts, that's when things can go awry quick. Um, I I think, luckily enough, I was, you know, a face on that car. I was a little younger. They were cool, but um, they, they, were, they they get into it, man. And, and sometimes, you know, in the heat of the moment, things yeah. get said and things get done. And um, I've seen that happen. Uh, I personally, the only time that I ever got into an actual fight with the uh, – no, twice. Uh, but the only time where it was, it got, you know, the poems got out of hand, I was in, in Tenerife, Long Island. Um, these drunk fans were there, you know, I was a heel there, and, and I wasn't very well liked to begin with for, for, for a couple of reasons. But um, the security, so the guardrail didn't lead all the way, the guardrail didn't lead all the way to the back. It was only midway to the back. And they okay. had some students, I think, doing security, and, you know, that's okay. not their real job, so they don't know what they're doing. Right. So I'm walking out, and then these, these guys were right there, to greet me, and they were drinking, of course, and then a bunch of, like, college kids, and one of them shoved me, and I just lost my shit, you know what I mean? And I just started oh, just pushing and, like, started, throwing, yeah. you know, like, game makers, man. Because, you know, I was always taught, like, even growing up, like, don't ever back down from a fight, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if you get your ass kicked or not, you know, you always fight, you know, like, always defend yourself. Not, not to always fight, but always defend yourself. 
And I also was like, I'm not going to like anyone make me look like a fucking joke, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I just started shoving people and, you know, and, and I'm like yelling at security, go, just do your job. Like, what's going on here? You guys, are, like, I was one guy against like, like five, there were five of them, six, to a college kid. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, they were I, drunk. I, they were drunk. Okay. Of course. So it stands to reason. Uh, one of the listeners wants to know, and uh, this is coming from a listener, not from me, uh, but do you think the last couple of months would have gone differently if AJ Pan had been in your corner in ECWA? And, again, that came from a fan, not from me, guys. No, I mean, I'm not, yeah. you know, um, possibly. Uh, you know, like, with AJ, it's um, it's a tricky situation um, yeah. in, in, in every aspect of what we do because – there's the friendship, and then there's the business aspect of it. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't think I necessarily agree with all the things he does business-wise, and I also don't think he agrees with all the things I do business-wise. But we can separate that, you know what I mean? Like, we're grown men who can, you know, have that discussion. Um, would have been different? Probably. I could I could constantly say that it would have been different had he been in my corner. Do you think uh, some of the issues you were talking about at Super 8 would have uh, – would he have motivated you or not allowed that to happen? Um, possibly, you know. Um, I, I But you know what it is, man? Once, once I get in my own head, there's no there's no coming okay. back, dude. Okay. It's like you, get, you get into a dark place in your in your mind, and it's just – I was – I mean, you could – anyone who saw me, who seen me at my best and saw me at the Super 8 was probably mortified at what they saw. Then what you saw out there was, and I'm going to be extra hard on myself because I, I don't expect anything else. You saw a sack of shit out there. You didn't see the best version of Klaus Mike Law. And I was okay. very disappointed in myself. And I don't say that to, to dig up uh, old wounds or whatever, but I because I have no, no doubt no, in a couple I, weeks. I, yeah, I, I have no doubt in a couple of weeks we're going to get a you know, match of the year Mike Law. I, I really do think that with, between you and Joey and then – you throw in Mishra Ulala for some storytelling. You put both belts on the line. Uh, I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. And, and I think uh, I think the fans in uh, Paulsboro are really going to enjoy it, and I think the IWTV crowd will as well. Um, have you ever given thought to um, your kind of place in history with the ECWA, like the, the, the legacy of the, the, the company as a whole, and uh, how important you've been to it over the last five years or so? Well, that, that's what separates me from Joey and Mr. Alala. Like, with all due respect to those guys, they can settle for what they've done. Me, I will never settle. That's, okay. I, I, it, it, I, and I remember writing this one time in an effort to, to try to get to the point of perfection, I will never settle for anything less. And for me, I don't think I've contributed enough. That's why I need to win. Like, these guys want to win because – you know, it's the gloating, it's the feel-good moment for Ulala, it's the gloating, and it's like another trophy. For me, yeah, yeah. it's more than that. It's more about legacy. You know what I mean? Like, this match means more to me than those guys because, to me, I have to build my, my, my legacy, in this, not only in the ECWA, but in industry. You know what I mean? But me adding a title that I feel is one of the longest-running independents in the United States, but also one of the most important titles that I've ever held, that, that, to me, you know, that's far bigger than anything else that that I can see. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't – it covers – it overcomes Joey's 
egoism and it, and it overcomes ooh-la-la's like, hey, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and this is a feel-good moment. You know, you, listen, you guys had that time, man. I, I'm, I have to be greedy and it has to be about me because, mm-hmm. you know, a few weeks ago, I, a few weeks ago, I almost died in a car accident. You know what I mean? Like, I, and yeah. it was, thanks, you know, I, I got to believe my mom was with me. But if that was it for me, I don't, I think I could not have gone into an early death knowing that I hadn't accomplished everything that I set out to accomplish in my life. That okay. would have, like, that would have been the hell that I would have to deal with. And I refuse to do that, man. Like, on the 31st, like, I need this more than I need to breathe. You know what I mean? And I truly mean that. Like, I need, I need this validation, not from ECWA, not from the fans. I need the validation for myself because I won't sleep well at night by not having something that I know that I should have. So to uh, kind of put a le- neat little bow on all this, uh, let's say you win both titles on the 31st, and obviously you okay. seem fairly convinced that you'll be able to do that. I-, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um, where do you see or how do you see the rest of this year kind of playing out with yourself as the champion? Taking all comers, man. Like, I-, I I want ECWA to be on everyone's, like, list. I want everyone to to know, like, how much I believe in the product and how much I believe in the company and how much it's changed so much for the better since it's been on the new ownership. And, you know, I know that they've busted their ass to try to make this thing happen. And I personally aspire to once, it, you know, once I do, and I truly do believe that in my heart that I will have the World 1 title, I will have the ECWA title, that once I have those titles, I will – make sure that I bring, you know, that we contact and we get the best in the area, some of the best outside of the area to face, yeah. and that I do travel with that title and wrestle outside of the United States again, whether it be in Europe, in Germany, in England, or in, in Canada, once again, or Mexico. My goal is to make this title a legitimate world title, and um, that's, that's, you know, that's part of my outlook for the rest of 2021 is to okay. bring in some of the top talent to, to face and defend and, and show my abilities against, but also to make sure that that title is represented throughout the world. Very cool answer. And, Mike, I want to wish you nothing but the best. Obviously, I'll see you on July 31st. Uh, tickets and information. Uh, by the way, there are still limited tickets, I believe, in Paul's Barrow. So ecwawrestling.com, you can buy those. And also it will stream live on IWTV, uh, myself, and I believe a very good professional wrestler are going to be calling the matches. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. I, uh, they always surprise me, you know. I'm excited for that. Mike, and, and so when is Super that. this year fast? Yeah. I, I'm just curious. Do you, do you, have, a, uh, you have a favorite to, uh, to win the trophy? And, I can read off the names for uh, you, but I'm sure you got uh, somebody. No, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with some. I, I know, you know, Erica Lacey used to be the one that I, I'm assuming a lot of people, based on her recent uprise, uh, everyone seems to be, um, you know, kind of pinpointing her as the winner. And I, I, yeah. I don't to see it, you know. Um you know, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ashley. I think you know if you were dating it. Well, it's, okay, so it's, it's, to me, it's either Ashley or Tina San Antonio. I've known Tina San Antonio for, for a long time, and man, like 
Talk about someone who has been in the in the business, put in their work, and deserves so much success. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Tina. I, I, I'm going to go with that. That that'd be a good one. I, you know, I was there for Tina's first match back in the day. Really? That's funny. Yep. Wow. I love to see it, you know, like the recent, like, you know, uh, Julius Smoke getting sent to MLW, you know, seeing mm-hmm. people getting who deserve it, who've been in this business, who put in their, you know, their dues and then busted their ass. That's you know, good it it's always great to see them. So yeah. I, I go with that. I love it. Uh, Mike Law. So everybody be sure to check him out. Uh, com. Super 8. Uh, July 31st, Paulsboro, New Jersey, IWTV, all that jazz. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for the time. And by the way, um, Erica Lee's coming on up after you after the commercial break. So I she was before me. She, she's after. We, we bumped her. <laughs> you, 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 got, you preempted her. Okay. What can I say? I'm going to go back to training and getting myself ready for July 31st. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, colossal Mike Law. and. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're going to take a commercial break right now. And on the other side, uh, we'll get you guys some Erica Lee. And uh, then we'll open up the phone lines. 914-338-1885 is the number to call in. And uh, we will be right back. This is Lance Storm. And if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Fred Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is your amiga, Shelly from Cali, to let you know you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. 
So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. All right. Uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by one of the competitors in the ECWA Women's Super 8 Tournament. That's July 31st in Paulsboro, New Jersey. I'm very excited to have with me Erica Lee. What, what's going on, Erica? How are you doing tonight? I'm <laughs> I'm really excited for the Super 8 tournament. I know they just had the men's Super 8 tournament not that long ago. Kind of ended with a, you know, wet fart in church. So I'm hoping this one is a little bit, you know, happier, a little bit more high energy, have some uh, well, decent matches. You know, it reminded me, though, like the way that tournament ended, it reminded me that, like, anything can happen and the kind of risks that you guys take just – kind of stepping in the ring. Is that kind of stuff ever in the back of your head when you go out there? Always. I tape up both ankles before every match, before every training session. I've got tape on pretty okay. much every joint. Um, but on a, on a serious note, there's always physical risk involved, and it's just what we do, right? I know that's not how a very good professional wrestler wanted to – close out that tournament. I know that's not what he wanted to happen in any match, but um, to be in, in the men's Super 8 and that's how it, it ends for you is so heartbreaking. And I know Killian McMurphy doesn't give a shit, right? Like, he's, he's, he's happy to win it no matter how he wins it. He doesn't, he doesn't right, care right. if he's sitting on his fat ass or not, right? Right. Yeah. But uh, for me, I'd, I'd love to win it, you know, middle of the ring, one, two, three, after a hard-fought battle. Okay. Very cool. Uh, now, it obviously sounds like you're kind of well-versed with the ECWA and the Super 8 tournament. What does the tournament mean to you as an independent wrestler, kind of, you know, coming up in a business like this? Um, it's definitely uh, a chance at spotlight, right? Like, you have totally. your, your, your matches week in, week out, where you're trying to um, figure out your own mentality and your own voice, as it were, in the business and how you want to present yourself. And then you have these, like, higher-level opportunities and the chance at a real, like I said, spotlight and something you can, like, showcase yourself in. And that's what the ECWA Super 8 tournament is. Have you given thought to, like, how much it would mean to actually bring that trophy home? A ton of thought. I think about it all the time. As soon as okay. I got booked, okay. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's... um. It's more than just like an accolade or, or 
um, a trophy to put on a shelf, you know, it's, it's like a, a concrete accomplishment and you can follow in the footsteps of so many people who have gone on to do so many big things. Um, it's definitely a huge opportunity and, and winning it would be just tremendous. But one of the things that's really cool about this tournament, and I can't remember it for a while, especially for the women, I feel like almost everybody is really kind of on level playing field as it, as it is. You know, I, I feel like there's about the same level, maybe not the same experience level with everybody, but certainly in terms of what you girls can all do, it feels like it could go any way possible. Is, is that how you see it? Um, I think I see what you're saying. It definitely is. Um, I'd say about half of us have a similar level of experience. Um, and we yeah. have some, some people in the tournament who have um, less than a year, right? Um, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then you've got people like Gabby Ortiz who have been all over and done a ton of stuff. And um, Tina San Antonio has a ton of life experience um, that comes into play as well. So we've got, we've got um, a sort of a younger field, a, a less experienced field, um, for sure, when um, when you look at the poster, but but there are definitely people in there who who have been around the block and know what they're doing, and those are going to be people to watch out for, I think. Well, you mentioned Gabby Ortiz and certainly Tina San Antonio. Uh, we're also looking at Vicious Vicky, Adina Steele, uh, Damaris, uh, Amber Dambois, and uh, Kaya McKenna. In addition to yourself, Erica Lee. Is there anybody there that kind of jumps out at you as somebody that you would really really like to get in the ring with? I want to tie up with Damaris. Okay. For sure. You're like the second or third person to say that now. Why is that? I think she's got something about her. I think um, people can recognize when you put hard work in. I know she's been training real hard with, um, you know, world famous DB. So uh, I think that's sort of what draws me to her. I've seen her work um, several months ago. It wasn't recently. Um, And so I'm excited to see how she's improved and what, what the differences in her game are now as compared to then. But I've never stepped in a ring with her. So, um, yeah, that would be the one person that I really hope I get to, to tie up with at the, at the tournament. Now, for those who aren't familiar, I mean, certainly you're out of Virginia. So tell us a little bit about yourself, the uh, the performer. Me, the performer. It's Sammy Erica. Um, hey. Yeah. I, I, I live in Virginia now, but I grew up in New Jersey, so uh, okay. I will be, in, in a way, coming home for the the tournament. Um, my family will be there. It's going to be extremely personal for me. Um, that's right, hometown hero yeah. uh, for <laughs> the five of them. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, I came I came to wrestling a little bit later than most people do. I started watching as an adult, and I was just like, get me in there. I got to do it. Um, it's not a childhood dream. It's not a lifelong aspiration. But I do think I have my priorities a little bit more in order than people who, uh, you know, tunnel vision since they were five, right? So I think yeah. that gives me, that gives me uh, an, an advantage as much as, as, much as um, people might see it as a disadvantage. I think it gives me sort of an edge over other people. Kind of along the same lines, uh, one of the listeners, uh, Stephen, he's down in Virginia, and uh, he wanted to know specifically about uh, you competing down there, and does that give you kind of an edge up here in a way, just because, I guess, because you're you're exposed to different people down there? Yeah, I would say so. I think the more you can branch out from your bubble, um, in every sense, you get to 
experience different types of competitors, different types of crowds. Um, it definitely prepares you for the anything can happen uh, environment of a tournament like the Super okay. 8. So, yeah, I would say it gives me an edge. You know, a lot of people get stuck up in, in one area, especially when you don't have to go anywhere, right? If you're in the Northeast, if you're in PA or New Jersey, you don't really have to go too far for a lot of opportunities and a lot of great wrestling. Right, right. But, yeah, so at the same time, if you if you come from a little bit further out, you've seen a few more um, different uh, uh, locker rooms and, and crowds, and I, I think that does give people an edge when they travel a little bit more. Another one of the listeners wanted to know the uh, the coolest experience you've had in wrestling to date. Um, the coolest experience I've had in wrestling to date, um, I was in a music video because of Ooh, wrestling. Okay. I got to be in Iron Reagan's um, Patronizer music video. You can look that up and see me and Jordan oh, Blade, cool. Uh, Max Morrison, Timmy Danger, a few of us were in that. So that was pretty wild. Um, kind of came up out of nowhere, but uh, definitely uh, an exciting and different sort of thing that, that happened through wrestling. Okay. Uh, kind of along the same lines, the uh, the most exciting place that you've gotten to wrestle today, the most lo- the exciting location. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of fun in Tampa over WrestleMania weekend. Oh, um, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I I uh, I didn't realize so the one venue that I had a, a couple bookings at was inside, and then I had another show that was outside, and I didn't realize I was going to be outside under the sun until like the night before. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay. "Oh, that's going to be a wow. lot different than <laughs> I thought it would." Um, but it was it was a, a really awesome trip. I got to travel with friends and and make some good memories and stay with people that I like. So uh, that was a really fun fun experience. I, I liked working in uh, in camp at those shows, and it was just such an incredible cool. energy, right? Like the vibe of yeah, weekend yeah. is so special. So the fans and yeah, that's exciting. Very cool. Uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, and obviously I think it impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but how did COVID-19 affect your career? And, and do you feel like you're better kind of having gone through that in a way? You know, maybe like not le- pop- leading the question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, not, not a popular opinion, but COVID-19 was great for my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of opportunities that um, – I don't know if they would have gone the same way. Uh, you really mm-hmm. can't say. Like, there, I also had a lot of matches canceled that, that would have been great opportunities for me. I don't like to dwell on it. I'm not even going to bring sure, up what they were sure. against, but they were definitely opponents that I was looking forward to, and they were kind of high profile. So um, it did affect me negatively in that sense. But I got to do so much work um, that was more creative and pushed okay. boundaries a little bit more. Like, I've gotten to do so many cinematic matches um and i've gotten to do stuff that i mean when you work without a live crowd it's such a different feeling and it makes you work a little bit uh different but then when you get the crowd back i think it 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 really helps me dial in listening to to people um and and performing and and uh it's, uh, it definitely helps me. I think COVID-19 helped me in my career in a, a pretty okay. significant way. So I 
that's cool. busy that's cool. throughout the year. Like I didn't take too much of a break. I was doing taping okay. um, and, and like I said, cinematic stuff. So uh, I know a lot of people took like quite a hiatus during COVID-19 and I don't think anyone, I don't fault anybody for that. I actually feel kind of guilty that I worked a lot through COVID-19, uh, even though I try to do it as safe as possible, you know, get tested before and after shows and don't take unnecessary risks, don't hang out in large groups, all that stuff. Like, I try to do it as safe yeah, as yeah. possible. And now I'm, you know, fully vaccinated, so breathing a little bit more easily now, a little bit of a relief. Uh, but I definitely had some great opportunities. Um, that I found because we had to get creative um, through COVID-19 and having, you know, crowdless shows and, and taping. Okay. Well, uh, you know, to kind of swing it back to Super 8, um, you look at some of the names, especially on the women's side, that have been involved in the last couple of years, like Tessa Blanchard and Deanna Perrazzo and uh, Quinn McKay was in the last one, won, won it. Um, to to kind of look at that and and know what your ambitions are and are, and stuff like that. Uh, where do you kind of see yourself in the next five to ten years? What what kind of things are uh, going to go down? Uh, definitely, I see myself on TV, big fat contract, laughing at all the people that were mean to me on my way up. Absolutely, <laughs> I don't see the future any other way but successful. Got to. Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, you know, again, for those who are coming out, it's July 31st, and it's uh, ecwarrestling.com for tickets and information. Limited amounts still available in Paulsboro, New Jersey. You can also stream it on IWTV as well. I'll be calling the matches with a very good professional wrestler. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, But anyway, yeah, it should be fun. It it should be a real learning experience for me. Um, But, again, for people who come out, for people who watch you on the stream, whatever the case may be, what are they in for? Uh, first of all, they're going to see me win, so get ready. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just definitely a lot of high energy. Maybe a little bit weird, a little bit kooky. I'm a little bit of a quirky performer. Um, okay. A lot of yelling, a lot of honking, maybe a little pee-pee, poo-poo chanting. Um, Ooh, Okay. It's gonna get a little spicy, spicy. It's for me, Erica. So you gotta, you gotta plan for anything to happen. Very Definitely cool. Very exciting. Some people in the face. That's that's for sure gonna happen. Big cool. Okay. Somebody's face. That's why I'm glad I don't get in the ring. Yeah, there you go. Very glad. Very glad <laughs> for that. Uh, Erica, thank you so much for the time tonight. I, I really appreciate it. I have a huge favor to ask before we let you go, if that's okay. Um, so what we've been doing with these guests is uh, I've been asking each of them to record a bumper to play on the beginning of the show. And then when you're big and famous, I can act like we were best friends the whole time. How's that sound? Brady, why are we acting? I thought we were friends. What the hell? Well, best friends. Best friends. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now I'm starting yeah. to you said acting. All right. Well, yeah. Come on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, thank you. So, the name of the show is In the Room. Say who you are, tell people they're listening to In the Room, and I'll have you on your way. All right, cool. Honk, 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 honk. You are in the room with Brady Hicks and me, Erica Lee. This is one of the best wrestling podcast breakdowns you can find on the internet. So, don't change the channel there, friends. Thank you so much for the time, Eric. I really appreciate it. I got a little it. southern there. I don't know what happened. What?
I got real southern. Something happened in there. Yeah, I know. You unlock something there. It's the Virginia. Yeah, we've been talking about it too much. I gotta talk about Jersey <laughs> more. <laughs> well, uh, take care, y'all. And uh, no, I look forward to July 31st. It'll be a lot of fun. That's right. I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks, Brady. Thank you so much. And uh, what we're going to do real quick, we're going to take a commercial break. And on the other side, we're going to open up the phone lines, 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's... uh He's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I don't want to say one thing, uh. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Here's Bill Asher, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it the did loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is just that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by tenor or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That's nice. Uh, it was to sign up. It's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com/vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot some of the music that's in there. Uh, 914-338-1885. It's uh, in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. And so happy to be back. Brady Hicks. I've got Kathy and Stro and Ray Bogus joining us as we uh, embark on the second hour. Uh, thank you to, uh, first of all, thank you to Erica. Um, Erica Lee who uh, uh, a lot of people seem to be picking to win the Women's Super 8. Thank you for the time tonight. Thank you also to Colossal Mike Law. Uh, Best of luck to both of you. And and again, thank you for spending some time with us here tonight. So uh, next week on the program, well, that's in flux. So we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, Show before we kind of dive back in, what do you got going on then? This Thursday night on WCW Retro at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on DOCNation.com. I have a special guest, uh, Pitbull, Joey Cece, will be our special guest, along with uh, Jasmine Reddy's manager. 
Yeah. So, uh, it's, you got uh, me excited. I thought Pitbull was coming on. Ah, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. What a taste, right? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. But uh, I'll have him on Thursday, uh, Thursday night and then Friday night on my horror sci-fi show, The Stroh Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time at facebook.com slash Stroh the Maestro. The feature will be Doctor of Horror. So please tune in. Wow. Very cool. Very cool indeed. <clears throat> Ray, no lie. I used to... um watch Pitbull videos to pump myself up before I went out to the bar when I was younger. I, They're just so energetic. Not, like, that's actually not the worst idea. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're drinking, or, or uh, I'd imagine, I'm, I'm, I've never done this, but I'd imagine if you're smoking, uh, the, the videos, uh, they, they can cause a lot. They can generate good discussion, I should say. Certainly better discussion than the show seems to generate with the callers. Like, uh, like there's, like, one scene where he's out and he's, like, in a ranch and, and, you know, he's dressed like a cowboy and he's herding horses. And then the next thing you know, right, he's on the beach and he's petting sharks in the water. I don't understand it. I'll bet you if you were smoking, that makes a whole whole lot of sense, I would think. <laughs> you know, I just... I'm just stuck on the fact that, like, because you and I, in 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 the almost decade that we have done this show together, you and I have tossed out an absurd number of <laughs> terrible ideas. Waka waka waka. <laughs> but this might be one of the best ones I've ever heard on this show. I, I I'm gonna have to upload some. Uh... Some heart pumping pitbull songs on here because uh yeah. That'll be really great. Uh of course our hearts are pumping, we're energetic and we're excited to be here, but at the same time, uh we are saddened, Kathy. I brought it up earlier. Uh Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff passes away and Ray. Uh you weren't here earlier when we were talking about him, but I, I have kind of a morbid stat. I, I know it was a long time ago. But if you look at it, we've now lost Roddy Piper Paul Orndorff, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage, and the Ultimate Warrior. That's the first six WrestleMania opponents that Hulk Hogan has faced. All gone. If I'm Sergeant Slaughter, I'm taking my vitamins, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and you, you look at some of those guys and you go, wow, you know, I would not have picked Hogan to outlive all of them, but here we find ourselves. The Orndorff death hit hard, and I know that sounds weird coming for me because I'm I'm 33, so you know certainly WrestleMania one is before my time. It's two years before my time, uh, but the way that I got into wrestling, I got into it when I was a little bit older, and I got into it in part because it was freely available on the internet to watch and download and trade. And so as I started getting into it, because I had no money to be into anything else, you know, you know I saw, I as I got introduced to wrestling, I got introduced to a lot of Paul Orndorff. And so this this one hit hard, especially because you hadn't, heard anything from him in a while and you know and 
when when you talk about older wrestlers, a lot of times it's no news really is good news. Um, yeah. So, I so said that one that one hurt a little bit, and you know we have a tendency to canonize anyone who dies, but uh, this one I actually really do think. Uh, I think we can come out here and honestly say we'll be missed. Oh. Oh, for sure, for sure, and, and missed by each of us for different reasons, and I'm sure the callers as well. I I can't wait to hear what, like, for example, Malcolm or Ratboy had to say about Paul Lundorf, because I, I actually think that they'll have something to say about him. I, I really do, uh, and we'll get to you guys shortly, as well as any other callers, 914-338-1885. Um, Stroh was saying earlier that uh, the music that he was playing on the piano when he was the maestro, that was an instrumental of Paul Orndorff. Pretty cool. That, is that cool. really is. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> really um, is. But, yeah, no, I, and I, I was saying earlier, like, you know, you, you, because the nature of being sick, you know, you have good days and bad days, so, like, he had a really bad day, and I saw a video, and he looked horrible, and it was like, you just your heart just dropped. And then somebody puts up a video where he looks okay, you know? He looks like, you know, maybe things will work out. And then to hear that he passes, it's just as sad. So uh, definitely our hearts and our, our thoughts and our prayers and all that jazz uh, go out to um, anyone who was sincerely affected by, uh, by Paul Orndorff passing away. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else have anything to add before we kind of move on? Now, all right. All right. So, right. Uh, so, some statistics from earlier, and I'm not necessarily an AEW apologist. I'm sure you know this. Um. But there were there were two things that really kind of jumped out at me. One, uh, both were sent to me, I believe. Well, the one was sent to me by Steve. Uh, I'm positive about that. But the other one, I don't remember where I saw it. In fact, I can't even find it, so i got to kind of do it by memory. But uh, you talk about wrestling programs and how interesting they are. Um, and we talk about it all the time, the ones on television, how they're not that interesting. Uh, well, this was a study... It looked at the percentage of matches on the five major televised programs. So that's Raw, SmackDown, Impact, NXT, and AEW, the five nights of the week. Um, over the last year, the percentage of matches on those shows <coughs> that are, in fact, rematches. So matches we've already seen in some form. And here's where it's interesting, Ray. So Raw obviously leads the way. I, you can almost tell just by watching it. 57% of the matches on Raw are rematches. SmackDown, 54. Before you go further, just before you go further, that actually that actually sounds low to me. But um, now, be higher because this person says six months and then lists July 2020 to June 2021. So that's actually a year. So... If this person can't count months, I'm not sure about their statistical prowess. But that's, you know, that's just me. Um, yeah, so Raw, 57. SmackDown, 54. 
Impact 44. NXT getting better now. 31 for NXT. I think 31's a nice number. I mean, that's one-third of all matches are rematches. You almost have to have continuity in a way. Uh, Any guess, Ray, how many matches on AEW Dynamite are actually rematches over the last year? Okay, hold on. Let me do some. Let me think about this for a second. Yeah, it, it, it'll shock you. Because, okay, because AEW has something going for it that NXT has going for it, which is that their roster is kind of always getting new people brought in. So that's going to artificially drive down, uh, drive down your percentage. As opposed, you know, as opposed to a show like Raw, where your roster, unless there's you know an injury or there's a storyline where somebody has to go away for a little while for the storyline to work, your roster stays more or less set, which then dry, artificially drives up it, it, the number. By the way, this of, is so interesting because your line of thought is exactly like mine was. But keep going. <sighs> Okay. I would say NXT said 31. Yeah. In no particular order, though. I was just going down. 35? Eh. Actually, I was counting down, right? Ten uh, percent of AEW of AEW is a rematch. Only ten percent. Okay, and see, and see that—that's where I was going at first. Yeah, that's where I was going at first. Um, the I got thrown off by you saying in no particular order. Well, I, I didn't want I would you to not... default to lower. Yeah. I did not think it would only be 10%. My initial sort of instinct was to say about 15. 10%? Okay, okay. 10%. One out of 10. I feel like this week's impact, like, or AEW had, like, three rematches. But I'd have to go back and look. I will say this. Uh, AEW's main events are almost always unique. They're almost always like some match that they built toward that really isn't an ongoing feud necessarily. Almost always. Which is cool. But yeah, no, 10% I thought was insane. Uh, so that was one set of, one set of statistics. And uh, by the way, Malcolm, Ratboy, and Justin, I see you guys. I promise I'm going to get to you in one second. Just hang tight. I wanted to go over this one. I wanted to dispel one more AEW rumor. I, I found this really fascinating, Ray. Um, somebody sent me, and again, this is the one that I don't have in front of me, so I'm kind of doing it by memory. But WWE, well, okay, the, the common criticism of AEW, right, is that they are always picking up WWE's rejects, Correct. I believe that we are guilty of having come on this show and saying that. Sure. Sure. And it's a common thing, obviously. I mean, WCW took WWE's rejects. WWE took WCW's rejects. Impact took anybody. 
Impact was like Ellis Island for a while. They just took every huddled mass they could find. Uh, so they really were. Uh, but uh, so WWE, since 2019, right before the pandemic, released 92 wrestlers. Okay? 92 okay. wrestlers. And again, this is off the top of my head. I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, so I'm estimating. But this is about what it was. Uh, AEW signed 12 wrestlers from WWE of those 92. Okay. That's a respectable, we so calculated I, it, that's a respectable 13%. I have a thought. Because I okay. was going to, I was trying to do like some mental math really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of figure out, you know, figure, figure out if I could count how many people had been signed. And I overshot by one in my head. I was going to say 13. Okay. Good for you. Here's for the you. thing. I thought it was like 80. Here's the no, thing. No, well, yeah. I think it seems like that a lot of times. And <laughs> the idea, I, I still think it's a fair criticism. I still think that's a fair criticism of AEW because what you do with those rejects that matters. Well, sure, ten of them are trainers. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's that it's that you know you're not getting it's who these it's who the rejects are and what you're doing with them. You know, right when. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, that AEW had signed, you know, they had signed Colt Cabana after he, after, you know, the Scotty Goldman, the Scotty Goldman thing, and he got released. That's very different than signing Big Show to come in and walk around and train people, maybe. Right. Right. You know, so no, I I still think it's a fair criticism because whether whether AEW would admit this or not, whether fans would want to admit this or not, or whether even you know some of you guys on this show would want to admit this or not, there is an element of we want to make a splash to the AEW signings. <laughs> Where it makes it look like they are just trying to. We both did the wave when you said that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it sounds it sounds like some somebody is like going through a set of pots and pans in the background. <laughs> I do hear that. Oh, it's Anthony doing the dishes. So go ahead. Oh, My dog. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um. Where was I? Oh, yes. So there's definitely an element of we want to make a splash with the AEW signings where because of who they are and what they do and what AEW does with them, it does make it appear as if they are just sort of stalking around waiting for WWE to cast off another big name. Well, sure. As opposed to them... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just, just going to finish the thing. You know, as opposed to yeah. them looking at guys who maybe WWE never did anything with, and then saying we think there is value here that WWE did not see. 
finding that person and using them. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're just being goofy. Uh, so, so that was one element of it, Ray. Uh, the other element is that Impact actually signed uh, 15 percent or 15 of those 92. So Impact has actually taken more than WWE has. Uh, which, uh, I'm sorry, it was taken more than AEW has. Um, again, statement about the company. I, I feel like if the talent is there, and by and large a lot of that talent that WWE released was very good talent that they just had so much that they couldn't manage. So it's perfectly reasonable, by and large, to sign a lot of those guys that got signed. So 12 for AEW, 15 of those go to Impact, right? But here's the funny part. WWE has signed 18 AEW or Impact talent over the same period. <laughs> 18. No, granted, that's both companies. So it is kind of double that, but still. <laughs> It is funny. <laughs> it is. Isn't it funny? I didn't expect that reaction. Yeah. They're a multi-billion dollar company. How are they? How are they this clueless? Well, it's funny. Like you have great talent under contract, you let them go and pick up somebody that another company valued more until they were able to get your guy. Uh, not unlike, I guess what WWF did in the 90s when WCW took their top guys and they took the mid-card guys from WCW and made them stars. Uh, and the question is, can WWE today make those AEW and Impact people stars? I I don't see a lot there that says that. I don't. No, I don't see anything <laughs> there that says that. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones. I, I want to go first to Malcolm, who I'm sure is going to want to talk about Paul Orndorff and the Impact that he had in his oh, life. Yeah. So what's going on, Dalton? How you doing, brother? Mr. Wonderful, yeah! He was I'll wonderful. Tell you what, I missed the guy four or five times. And every time I did times. the whole Kogan Bowls for him, he gave me the finger in the picture. Yeah! He didn't like Hogan, I'm but sure he, he loved did. me. Yeah. I told he, uh, Paul Orndorff, Rick Flair had these robes. But I'll tell you what, Paul... I think you had the coolest rub of anybody ever in wrestling. I don't give a damn who it was. And I also told Paul Orndorff that at one time, even though you didn't win the WWF title ever from Hulk Hogan, those three challenge matches, two on Saturday night's main event, one in Canada at the big event in August 86, Paul Orndorff, you're an uncrowned heavyweight champion, me, and you always will be. And Paul Orndorff, I'll tell you what, that guy really liked me. He had respect for me. First time I met him was I was at the Hilton or the Hyatt. It was 2010 in January, Wrestle Reunion. And I was right next Call to Superstar Billy Graham. I was right next to Superstar Billy Graham. And mm -hmm. I told both of them, I said, you know, there's a lot of people that were jealous. They were jealous of Hulk Hogan, you know. But, you know, that doesn't overshadow. You can be a champion. Yeah, those lustful eyes. Yeah, you got to be jealous of his vitamins. 
Papa's throw the cream always rises to the top, right? <laughs> now, do you have a favorite Paul Orndorff like memory from the ring? Oh God, my brother took me to the Arco Arena. It was uh, the fall of '87. I okay. I remember because I saw Paul. First of all, he fired Bobby Heenan when Piper and Orndorff or Orton rather turned on him at, at WrestleMania. Then he fired Heenan. Then he fired him again when when uh, Bobby Heenan said that Paul Orndorff. He said, uh, "You you know I want you to tell all these people that you've got a great body, but Ravishing Rick Rude has just a better body than yours." And I told part of Paul Orndorff, he goes, "But let me tell you something, Bobby Heenan." He said, first of all, Ravishing Rick Rude does not." have a better body than Paul Orndorff. And all the fans were cheering. Then he goes, and I told you one time, and I'm going to tell you again for the second time, you're fired! That's good memory. He took on Ravishing Rick Rude that night at the Ark Arena, and he wiped the mat with Rick Rude, man. He, he, he did. put the pile driver. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, you know, right uh, they have the tombstone pile driver. Well, there's a match at WrestleMania too. Don Morocco against Paul Orndorff, and Don Morocco had the tombstone, and mm-hmm, Paul mm-hmm. Orndorff had the one where you sit down and you drop mm-hmm. his head. Mm-hmm. And something else, Brady. It may happen mm-hmm. this weekend. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to. And there's more. Hulkamania, and Hulkamania might be reunited, reunited in Orlando, Florida this Saturday, well, baby. Two of them. That is where I thought you'd go with that. Okay. No, man. I love it, brother. It's going to depend. Brady, it's going to depend if I get a picture ID to get on a plane. What and you going to do when Hulkamania oh, runs yeah. wild on you, brother? Brother. You know, the training, the saying your prayers, the eating your vitamins, the believing in Hulkamania for all time, brother, for life. It's never going to run wild. It's never going to escape from my heart inside my body. The training, it's there, baby. Hulkamania lives die, daddy. Ooh, I love wow. it, brother. Love the energy, man. I missed you, man. Take care, okay. Malcolm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that him that said, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I have um, COVID, or um, as it used to be known, the common cold. Uh, sorry. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm just playing, of course. I, I'm just playing. Uh, so, so body shaming, Maestro. You want to talk about body shaming? Oh, my goodness. Not a nice thing. It really isn't. I mean, all he did was show Alexa Bliss pictures of her butt. I don't see what's so wrong with that. But I also didn't see what he said. Crazy. I don't know. Crazy it's not up. There are crazy people. Oh, no. Hold on. I, I mean, I, uh, I, oh, I, do feel, I do feel for those girls. Oh, there she is. Yeah. I had a really good one, a little glass one that I ordered in Germany. I, Ray, I'm showing off my Alexa Bliss figures, little, like, desktop things. And, uh, wow. ooh, Look at this, this one I found on Amazon. That. What's that? 
Who's going to complain about that? Like, I mean, has that really changed that much since the NXT day? I, I, first of all, I, I don't know who would shame her. I, I think that's uh, that's right? silly. That's silly, right? It is. Hmm. It's just silly. So we were talking about this a little bit off air. First off, I want to be very clear. I am extremely <laughs> pro-body shaming. I, uh, I, I feel as if that we can use the power of positive bullying – to push others to be mm-hmm. stronger, healthier, uh, you know, more more energetic, virile young men and women. So I'm okay. extremely pro body shaming uh, on both sides, yeah. obviously, not like in a sexist context, but like you know, make fun of no, all no, the, the large. Oh, for sure, I'm definitely I'm definitely down for making fun of dudes too. Okay. Like wrestling yeah. fans, I I make fun of wrestling fans all the time. And frankly, Dave, if our show is proof, they deserve it. <laughs> they're, they're stinky, uh, smelly, disgusting, filthy creatures, and and I love each and every one of them. I, uh, so so that was one. That was one. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that him in a second. <laughs> I um. That was one thing, you know, but the, but then the other thing, um, and again, I, I don't mean to diminish what they said about Alexa. I just, um, all he was doing was like, I, well, I mean, I guess what he was doing was saying that her, her booty is uh, constantly changing. And you're right. Like, that's kind of disrespectful. I mean, I, if I'm being fair. Uh, the Naomi thing to me was just weird because you had like a fan imply – that her husband got a DUI because of her. And rather than ignore it like most people would do or or argue like some people would do, she chose to deactivate her Twitter, which I did find a little weird. That's not body shaming so much as it is uh, harassment or, or as it used to be known, harassment. See... Now, I've been on the Internet for a while. I I have. I've been – I I was on the Internet back when the Internet truly was the Wild West. And usually you're – if somebody's reaction is to just completely leave, you know, know, they, they close their account or they deactivate their account or they just, like, never log back in again. Usually that's because they are very shocked by the cruelty that has been shown to them on the Internet. And my sure. response to Naomi, look, it's it's probably not cool to make fun of the spouse's DUI. That being said, are you new here? This is the Internet. That's tame. Yeah, there really is nothing. So they got they someone were said, to her the first said time. Something mean on, someone said something mean online, and I don't know what to do. I got you. I hear you. I hear, and I don't mean like again. I don't mean to to, to like minimize any of this for people. I, I I'm sure that it's very difficult at times, and cyberbullying is a real thing. I believe me, I've been on Twitter. I, I, I've seen it, and, and it's horrible. Um, in Naomi's case, I don't know. I, it's just somebody being a jerk. It, it would have been better to just block the guy that said it. 
If you're going to do I'm I would just ignore see, it. I'm, I fall more in line with Tyler, the creator, <laughs> who once very famously sent out a tweet that said, bruh, how is cyberbullying a thing? Just go outside. Well, I guess I guess you could take your phone outside. I don't know. Just yeah, just just leave the, just go off the internet. Then you won't be bullied. You also want to deal with Rat Boy. What, what's going on, Rat Boy? <sighs> what's going on? I'm sorry. First of all, I'm sorry about your loss, Rat Boy. We, by the way, Ray, uh, we've had uh, te- three. Um, Three pet deaths in the VOC Nation this week, so it's it's been a difficult uh, difficult couple days. Go ahead, Rap, please. Yeah, yeah, you had to put them in the street. You know, at least I've seen them for the last time. Put it that way. That's rough. That's rough. It is. It, it is very rough yeah. when you lose a pet, and now my mom yeah, and dad. Yeah, dog. Yeah, my mommy dies out there looking for another dog right now. You know, they're, they're looking around. What, outside? No, they're looking around <laughs> at the that place. They're, they're looking around at the uh, dog town. They're looking at the stores and all, but not the right one yet. Well, why don't you find a dog? Yeah. I, I've been doing that, too. Just go capture one of the street dogs in Camden and bring it to them. Yeah, can okay. You a dog? okay. Like, okay, you're half rat. Can can any combination of a rat and human make a dog no, with I, the right partner? Is that possible? Whoa. I'm I don't know. I'm how do you make that? Brady, wait, wait. How do you make that proposition to a woman? <laughs> I, Come here, please with me. I got a dog. That's why I'm asking. I'm not sure, Brady. You know, you you, you got the brain uh, uh, of this VOC nation. You you, you you should figure it out yourself. I just think a human rat could make Mm -hmm, a dog. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just thought, like, maybe if maybe there's like a weird, like, okay, like, okay, like, let me put it this way, like, Mm -hmm, um, so white, white, the color white. Is the combination of all the colors together. I always thought it was black, but now they insist it's white. I think they're just trying to fool me. But anyway, so if white is the combination of all the colors mixed together, then there's no way to get from a human rat to a dog by finding the right opposite partner somewhere? That's impossible, you're no. telling me, Ray? I can posit. Yeah, it's impossible. Well, okay. not, if you're, not if you're willing Not if you're willing to... Be an abomination unto our Lord. Well, I, I'm pretty sure with I'm pretty sure the horse got out of the gate on that one. <laughs> okay, well, what's on my mind? I'm just the subject, and this belongs to the oh, other subject. Okay. Subject. What other? What other? Subject. What other subject? What is that? I'm going to talk about AEW. You saying you showed oh, up okay. on AEW okay. on Thursday? Why are we talking about AEW now? I'm just joking. Yeah, what about uh, Alistair Black showed up there. Alistair Black showed up. I said, yeah. wow, that He's was Malachi. quick. Yes, we know. We know. We know. He's Malachi. 
That was quick to get him in there. That was very that quick was a to great get him in there. After, after he got wait, sir, wait, 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 wait. Mordecai? No, no, no. Shawn Michaels did that gimmick at a WrestleMania once. <laughs> Mordecai, yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. What a guy. Uh, and there's a possible, right? A possible WWE star might be floating over there. Let's give it up for Daniel Bryan. He might be floating over to AEW. Okay. Okay. And um, now the main subject. The main subject is okay. I seen a picture, okay, on Facebook. Uh-huh. I, I uh, took it and shut it with everybody. It's called the Heenan family, okay? They're all together again, okay? We got yeah. Andre the Giant, okay? King Kong Bundy. <laughs> yep. Mr. Perfect. We got Radish and Rick Rude. Plus, we got Big John Studd. With he yeah. in the middle. But they, they, forgot, they forgot one person, though. Uh-huh. They forgot one person. Who did they forget? Who did they forget? You want me to tell you? Take yeah. a guess. Take a guess. I, I know who they forgot. I want to hear you. What? I looked at it again today. I said, wait a minute. They forgot a Harlem race. What? Oh, Harley Race? Harley Race. Harley Race. Harley Race. Okay. Harlem yeah. Race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you said that's all of them. Harlem. You said that's all of them. And, and I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time going to uh, Haku and telling him that the entire Heenan family is dead. Or the Barbarian. Or Terry Taylor. Uh, uh, or the Brooklyn Brawler. Wait a minute. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're still all living, ain't they? Right. So everyone says all the Heenan family's dead, and they're not. Right. They say they they're all alive. together again. They were alive. Go ahead, Rapley. And, and, and I just strolled down a little bit. I found. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. If it's go. not good, I'm going to hang up. I'm going I'm I'm to promote it here, right now, right now, right now, and that's this week. September 18th. September 18th. Yeah. At the old ECW Arena. Where I got Icon of Wrestling. And the main feature is no other than Kane and, ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Big money, Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you mm-hmm. go. He welcomed his first daughter into the world, by the way. So congratulations to the Hardys. Yeah, Hardy. Yeah, Hardy family. All right, Hardy. I, I hardly know them. All right, take care, right boy. And, and one more brother. thing. And one more, one thing. more thing. Always one more thing. Let's give it up to oh, uh, your girl with the green hair, never heard of shocking going black heart. The, the, the being in a WWE SmackDown Friday. Yeah, Suck it to me, baby. 
<laughs> yeah, Chuck is that part. <laughs> I love you, man. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good I love you too. Although, I, and I guess an Ember Moon didn't want love you. Uh, I'm guessing Ember Moon didn't want to move up, and that's why they had to create an entirely new team. And uh, Ray, as uh, as tradition dictates, once you move up to Raw or SmackDown, you're no longer allowed to use your full name. That's important to remember. So what you're telling me is that at one point, Cher moved up onto Raw. Yes. Okay. So did Sean and Brett, by the way. They were both on NXT. (laughs) 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 Real quick, and and we got to get Dustin on too, uh, but I wanted to talk about this Briscoe Brothers uh, thing. I... uh, (laughs) I've had, um, I can remember years ago, I went to a Ring of Honor show, and I don't remember who Necro Butcher's partner was, but it was Necro Butcher and somebody, and they took on the Briscoe Brothers. And I got excited because I really wanted Necro Butcher to win because it's the first time I had ever seen him live show. And there were a bunch of bikers sitting around me, and I started to cheer for Necro Butcher. And my entire section just got real quiet. And the one biker was just staring at me. And he, he was glaring at me, Stro. Just just absolutely, I thought I was going to get the crap kicked at, beat out of me. And uh, that, that turned out, I didn't know it at the time, but that was actually Papa Briscoe that I was sitting next uh, to. I had no idea. Oh, wow. I was just excited to see uh, Necro Butcher. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. But anyway, yeah. So uh, what? What a um, what a piece of cinematic art, Ray. You know, I saw the match. It actually, it was it was a good match. Was when it I finished season? watching it, sorry, it, it was it was something. Okay. When I was done, though, you know, a, a while back on this show. We talked about how if you had gone back to, like, 2008, 2009, and had had come on this show and told us from the future, hey, Austin Aries is going to be the one whose career kind of fizzles out as a singles competitor. To a man, we all said that at the time we would have dismissed that as lunacy. And yet here we are. And I started thinking about who who other than the Briscoes has just never had that sort of major market match to kind of crown their career. Because if you think about it, everybody else got a turn on some show on a major network where they could be in front of a big audience, except the Briscoe brothers. I'm trying to think. Yeah. You mean from that Ring of Honor class, or just... Well, I'm thinking tag team-wise. Tag team. Yeah. Um, 
Well, certainly nobody as big as them that didn't get that opportunity. Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, definitely at that point. I um, yeah. I was just like I was like, watching uh, it, and I just kept thinking. Sorry, I just kept thinking. You know, how what a shame that of of all the garbage teams that come across our screen. Yeah, and they they really just kind of never got got on. Yeah. That's because they weren't aesthetically pleasing, they said. Now, see, to me, I don't, I don't know how much I buy that because Gallo's got Smith. TV time all over the place. Yeah. Well, now, yes. But there was a... There was so wait, a time you, when you, you could have. I guess I'm body shaming the Briscoes is what I'm doing. I, I should I shouldn't do that. You are. You are, and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. You're allowed to body shame Brady, especially when you have the body of an Adonis such as yourself. Thank you. Um, Stro, did you see this match? This Briscoe uh, cinematic? Match? It's the Briscoes in a cinematic masterpiece down in Delaware with their father no, and the no, referee. I haven't yet. It's amazing. Oh, no, I haven't I'll, yet. I'll have to I, dig I it up. To. I'll, I'll dig Me it up. Too. I'll dig it up. Uh, speaking of digging it up, uh, we're going to bring on Justin. It's been a while, man, a hot minute. How you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. You uh, you sound excited to be here. What what's going on? Not much. Just uh, keeping myself and just staying away from every, just staying away from all the podcasts and just my mind things. I've been keeping I myself. Say, you're not so. doing a good job staying away from the podcast if you're calling. I figure I figure uh, tonight would be a surprise. That's all. Cut me a break. My, eh, I figured I could just call in. I missed you. Huh? Did you miss me? I missed you. Me personally, I didn't miss nobody. I just been keeping myself you miss nobody. My... So what do you fill your life with now? Because I know before, like, I was a uh, 100% of your life, and now I guess it's like 80% ghost, ghost hunting and like 20% like Home Depot? Nah, it's just... Like ninety five percent, ten percent, just ninety five, percent ghost hunting and two percent working, and uh, just the okay. other three percent it's just scattered. And maybe and, and then maybe the other five percent is women, right? Eh, as far as I'm concerned with women, I don't, I don't, I don't want a woman in my life because they hurt me so many times. Amen, brother. As far as far as as far as I'm concerned. All my mom, all my mom and my stepdad ask is like, when are you gonna find when are you, when are you gonna find the right woman and have a baby with? Me? I'm like, I don't want a woman and I don't want no bastard baby because all they because all they do is cry, shit, and go to sleep. I, well, I can't you would have to marry babies. her and then it wouldn't be a bastard. No, I no, 
I don't, I, I can't stand babies because all they do is cry. They want you to hold them and feed them, and that's all they are. Little bastards. Yeah. 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 I, I sure hate the unconditional love and fulfillment that taking care of your infant can give you. Yeah, that sure sucks. I am. Um, I tell you. You know what I you want to do? I tell you this. You know what? I know. I had, go ahead, and then I'll I tell you what this. you should do. I tell you this: if I had a if I had a son, and my girlfriend or my wife said, "Oh, we're having a baby," I'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's nothing surprise." You'd be like, I could care take my other one. I, I, yeah. I, I, I would I would seriously say to her, "I am not holding that little bastard, even though he." Did we lose you? Oh God, no, so. we lost him. Oh no. Oh, no. I was going to say, I was going to say, he should go to the hospital and steal a baby and then throw it at his parents and say, this is what you wanted. This is a horrible sociopath answer. I hope he never calls back. (laughs) Bastard. If I made a son, I would never hold that bastard. (laughs) It's just, in addition to being, like, really disgusting because particularly newborns are really chill and they just want you to love them and nurture them, um, the idea that anyone would have consensual sex outside of a marriage with Justin is laughable to me. What about, like, a furry community, though? I don't know. Like, I could see, like, a girl really? that has the hots for squirrels. No. You know I'm right. No. I don't want you to be I right, mean, though. But, but you know what furries look like, and you know what Justin looks like. This is true. This yeah. Is true. And, like, like if, you know, if he, dre- if he dressed up like the fruit stripe zebra... Like someone would probably that would be amazing. Would be down for that. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing. That would. Yeah. That'd be a good gimmick. Like, um, if he ever wanted to get into the ring, she dresses up like the fruit stripes zebra, and she could, her finishing move could be the candy <laughs> kick. Oh, like like a, like a chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Chewing gummy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, so Ray, um, the time is nigh uh, because I did not go to bed last night, and right now I am just drained. But I want to talk about Kelsey Heather. Sure. So Kelsey Heather is an independent, more or less, wrestler who – I'm Googling her now. She sounds hot. I'm just she kidding. Is an attra- she is an attractive young lady. Oh, there but we go. Okay. She, she accomplished something last night that... Wait, she's a <laughs> Buccaneers cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She's also, she's also Sorry, been ahead. an independent wrestler for a little while. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm done. She accomplished, to, yeah. she accomplished something last night that hasn't been done since Rick Rude. 
Okay. She managed to appear on WWE programming and competitor programming in the same night. That is pretty wild. She wrestled, she wrestled a one and a half, about a one and a half minute match on on dark. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And then okay. she uh, she was part of MVP's entourage. That's funny. That's funny. So now, did she have a beard she, uh, in one and none on the other? Unfortunately, no. Well, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Different show. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that, so that now is, it's, that is so now it's yeah, now wild. it's her and History. Rick Rude. And that's it. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh by the way, speaking of AEW, uh Papadon made his debut on AEW tonight. I, I understand they have a program every night of the week, so he was on there. Um and, and I'm excited for him. This guy has been uh Biting and clawing for a long time. He's one of those guys where I went out on a limb like 10 years ago and said he was going to like be on television someday. And he, he's only just now starting to crack at it. It's it, it's a shame. It is. But uh, it, he definitely deserves it. Um, so I'm so happy for the Greek god. Um, and it's funny because like, kind of looking of back. Too. Yeah, I mean, he's been on here so many times. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. It's funny because I can remember my old co-host DJ used to get so upset whenever we booked a guest that he had never heard of, and that stroke. And and it was funny because he was so WWF and WCW, and he literally had heard of almost nobody on the independents. I don't know where he thought the stars of the future came from, but when I would book, for example, Austin Aries. Or um, Xavier Woods, or um, I'm trying to Eddie Kingston, or like any not young bucks, like any number of names, and he'd be like, "Why are you wasting your time with these guys? Like nobody's heard of them." And I'd always be like, "Because if you trust me, in the next five years you're going to know who they are, and they're going to be all over television." And he just did not believe me, Stro, but I was right on almost every single one. You can just tell sometimes. You can you can just tell who's going to make it, who has the talent, the ability, the drive, and the marketability. You you can just tell. Uh-huh. Usually, usually, not always, but yeah. So anyway, um, like like uh like Erica tonight, uh, Erica um. I can't think of her name. Erica uh, from the Super Eight. She's Lee. Uh, Erica Lee. Erica Lee. She's going to be somebody. She's going to be somebody. You can say uh, when. But Brady, you, you are know? you are drained. I am drained. I am. And I Stro am. is drained. Stro, I'm a what have you got man. coming up this week? <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, well, Thursday night. WCW Retro, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on VHNation.com. The guests will be, <laughs> quote-unquote, Pitbull, Joey CC, Chaz already. And um, also, Friday night on the Stro Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time, 
at facebook.com slash Joe the Maestro. The um, feature will be Daughter of Horror, so please tune in. Very cool. Uh, so thank you to Colossal Mike Law and Eric Lee who are both going to be part of the Women's Super 8. That's July 31st, Paulsboro, New Jersey. Limited number of tickets still available if you visit ECWAWrestling.com. The show also streams on IWTV, so with your standard subscription, you can get that. I'll be there live. I'll be calling the action with a very good professional wrestler, and I absolutely can't wait. Uh, thank you. Thank you to both of them. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to everybody who's uh, helped us out so much. Thank you to Kathy, to Stroh, to Derek, to Ray, to Matt, uh, each and every person who has uh, just just helped this program uh, just continue to do what it does for so many people. And it's such a such a great thing. It really is the highlight of the week for me. I had so much fun with you guys, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be a part of it. So thank you to all of you, and uh, be sure to check out ECWA, and be sure to check out all the other great stuff on VOC Nation. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm going to be uploading some more shows over the next couple of days. I just, I've been under the weather myself, so the stuff that wasn't live got delayed, but you're going to get it real soon, so be sure to check it out. VOCNation.com, <coughs> as well as on all your uh, favorite podcast platforms. And uh, don't forget to check out the premium. Just go to VOCNation.com and click on that, and you can, that takes you right to the Patreon page. For as little as the uh, cup of coffee, the proverbial cup of coffee, you can check out all the great content that VOC Nation has available. Uh, I think that's it. Subscribe to YouTube as well, VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Everybody, take care. Be good to each other. I love you all very much. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Goodbye.